Hey, online church family. We're so glad that you've joined us today. My name is Dan Lidstone, and I'm the creative pastor here at Connection Point. Well, we've been in a series called Greater Things, and in that series, our pastor, John Dickerson, has laid out a vision for where our church is going over the next two years. Here's the exciting part. A huge part of that vision involves you, our online family. All across the United States, we're seeing these digital hotspots popping up in different areas, but we see God especially energizing the Chicagoland area. Every week, we have over 600 people that join us just from the Chicagoland area. So we need to hear from you. We don't quite know who you are, but we would love to hear from you. So do us a favor, text the word Chicago to 317-350-1996. Just text us, we'll be in touch with you because we have some special things planned for you. Listen, if you're joining us from another area of the country, we still love you, we're still interested in hearing from you, and you can do this. You can fill out a connection card during the service today. Well, we're so glad that you've joined us today. We can't wait to see what God does. We believe he's gonna do greater things, and we're so glad that you're with us in that vision. Hey, happy Father's Day to all our dads, all our grandpas. It was so fun to celebrate you guys. And if you're wondering, why is Pastor John speaking to us from a screen instead of on stage? I've got to tell you, it's actually a really cool story. Most of you know we have a vision called Greater Things. It includes our next generation being faithful with this building and reaching people through the technology of the internet. Well, God has opened some doors for me to work with some of the leading technology experts in the world. I'm talking about a vice president at Google, uh, executive at a company called Evernote, and about half a dozen other similar executives who all live in the San Francisco Bay Area, lead some of the largest technology companies in the world, and have invited me to come and meet with them to talk about our digital strategy. So this is a huge provision of God. Um, we're a tiny, tiny little tadpole in this giant ocean of the internet, but God's already using us in a big way. So if you think of it, pray that God will give me wisdom in these meetings. Pray that he'll also give our digital team here within our staff and our lay people great wisdom as we craft our strategy to reach even more people for Christ. Well, hey, this Father's Day, I would love to talk with you about how to make your kids feel loved. Okay, this is one that our kids will be taking very close notes on and probably using against us in the not-too-distant future. How to make your kids feel loved. We're in part three of our how-to series. And you know, as I was preparing for Father's Day, I was thinking back to some of the first moments when I learned that I was going to become a father. I remember when my wife, Mel, was pregnant with our firstborn, and I remember early in the pregnancy, Mel and I, we had both been like, we were sure that this baby was a girl. And looking back, I think part of the reason we were so sure it was going to be a girl is that we could agree on girls' names, but we could not agree on boys' names. I'm sure none of you in your marriages have ever had this situation where you can't agree on a child's name. And the one person's like Gertrude, and the other one's like, no, Amanda. And you just, you're nowhere, you're not even close. And, and you have moments where your spouse says a name, and you're like, oh, that's the most disgusting name I've ever heard. Anyhow, we were in that situation with boys' names, so we figured God doesn't want our marriage to fall apart. It must be a girl. But we went in for an ultrasound anyway to see if we were right. And I'll never forget that day. It was a Tuesday, and we went in for the ultrasound, you know, the one. 
the one where they're going to tell you if that little parasite growing in there is a boy parasite or a girl parasite. And I remember the situation. I can go back there mentally. The lights were low. They put on this relaxing elevator music. And the ultrasound technician, she slops out about this half gallon of gel. And it was funny. I had this flashback in the moment to the 1980s when I grew up. There was this hair gel called L.A. Looks. And my older brothers, they were really big into L.A. Looks. And I would always, I would swipe some of their L.A. Looks and I would put that gel in my hair. And I watched this ultrasound tech. She takes like half a gallon of this L.A. Looks hair gel and she rubs it on my wife's belly. And then she gets out this implement that looks like a vacuum attachment. And she starts to slowly rub this thing over my wife's stomach. And she explains that we're going to be looking for the heartbeat. We're going to be looking for the size of the baby and the health and all these different abnormalities that they want to check and hopefully the baby won't have. And, and of course, the gender as well. Well, our eyes are fixed on that dark screen. And I can remember I started to see these alien abstract shapes these bubbles and these things that looked like they weren't really from the species of humanity and within about five seconds you know what the first thing the ultrasound tech said I, by the way I was wondering like is it human and I'm looking at this blob I have no idea what it is but I'm sure that once she gets to the gender it's going to be a girl five seconds in she says it's a boy it's a boy I remember the wave of emotion that smacked me in that moment. My throat got tight and I could feel a slight burn in my eyes tearing up a firstborn son. I mean, I guess I had never even thought about having a son or a firstborn son. I was so sure it was going to be a girl. And in that moment, I could not be more proud of that little guy. I still hadn't met him. I had no idea what he was going to be like. The ultrasound technician next, she starts to go over each leg and arm and she looks at his skull and the layer of tissue between the brain and the skull and one by one she's saying this looks like a really healthy baby. The place where the spinal cord attached looked healthy. She rotates down and said he doesn't have a cleft palate. She checks for spinal bifida and with each new announcement you know if you've been in that situation you're just kind of holding your breath and you're just thanking God because you know it's a fallen world and we all have friends and family members where those things have not all checked out and she gets to his little foot and it has five toes on it. I just couldn't have been any more proud of him. I, I hadn't even met him yet and I already loved him so so much. Now here's what God brought you here to understand today. Did you know that when you were in your mother's womb that you had a dad who was looking at your little spine? He was looking at your little brain. And he wasn't wondering, is it going to be a boy or, or a girl? He was deciding, am I going to make him a boy or am I going to make her a girl? And you need to know today that you have a dad who delights in you. A dad who's proud of you the way that you are. And maybe you're here and you don't have an earthly dad. Maybe for you Father's Day is tough because your dad is distant. Or maybe your dad has passed away. Or maybe you had a dad who was difficult. Who had an addiction. Who was alcoholic. Or who was even abusive. And no matter who you are. No matter what kind of family you come from. You need to know today you have a heavenly father 
who could not be more proud of you. And we're going to see in God's word today, you have a heavenly father who's looking out for you today. You have a heavenly father who's looking out for you today. He tells us in his word that he knit you together in your mother's womb. He didn't need an ultrasound technician to look inside there. His hands were working and shaping you together. Here's a picture from that day, the story I told you when we got Jack's ultrasound. And man, these ultrasound technicians, they, they must be highly trained because I could not look at that and figure out all the things that the ultrasound technician figured out. But when I see this picture, it just reminds me of that swell of love and pride and tears and emotion that I felt when I realized that's my little guy, that's my son, that's my boy. And I remember thinking, Lord willing, he's going to grow up and he's going to be a warrior of grace and truth. Lord willing, he's going to grow up and I'm going to have memories with him and I'll take him fishing and I'll do all these different things with him. And, you know, God feels the same way about you. When God looks at you, he doesn't just kind of like you, but he, he swells up with emotion. He loves you. He made you in his image he doesn't just sort of like you. No, his love for you, it's rooted in his heart and in his nature. It's rooted like thick, strong roots of an oak tree. His love for you is entwined and intertwined with your very being. And there's thousands of implications for this. Where we lack security in life, where we lack identity, where we lack purpose, the more we can find ourselves in our Heavenly Father, the more fuller and better versions of ourselves we'll become. And so I'd like to share with you today four traits about your Heavenly Father, four things that are true about your Heavenly Father. But in these four things, we find a model for ourselves to show love to the people around us. We'll find in God's nature four ways that we can make our kids or the people in our lives also feel loved. And you know, as we go through these four, I just want to mention every one of these is a two-way street in this way. Every one of these is something that you can receive from God for yourself, and it's something you can give through the power of God to others. And depending on where you're at emotionally today, Depending on what's going on in your life today, you might just decide right now as you go through these four, do you need to receive these today? Do you need to be reminded that your father is this kind of father to you? And if that's you, I just want to encourage you, put that lens on. And as we go through these four things, allow God, even right now, say, Spirit of God, would you just open up my heart? Would you remind me that you're active in my life? Would you remind me that you're for me? Would you remind me, Heavenly Father, that you're not distant? Heavenly Father, would you remind me of the ways that you're different from my earthly father? Would you, Lord, wear my lens of you? Maybe I don't see you as you actually are because the lens of my earthly father is so strong. Today on this Father's Day, Heavenly Father, would you remove that lens and help me to see you as you are? If you're here and you need to receive love and identity from your father, then as we go through these four traits of his, would you just receive them and invite God to speak to you? And if you're here and you have someone in mind, here's who I have in mind. I told you about Jack earlier. Here's a picture of him recently. And as I studied these things about God the Father, for me it was twofold. One, God help me to receive these and help me to live every day knowing I have a father who does these four things. But also God, will you use me as a dad? 
for Jack and for my daughters, Zoe and Evie, and even as a husband, for people you've called into my life, will you help me to be like you and, and show these people that I love them in tangible ways? So wherever you're at today, receiving from God or giving to the people around you, let's look at these four ways to make the people in our lives feel loved. Where did I get these? I got these from a book called Being a Great Dad for Dummies. I'm kidding, okay, as always, got these from the Word of God. It's Father's Day, so I had to do a dad joke, okay? That was my dad joke for the sermon, hopefully my only one, though I can't make any promises, all right? So not from the Being a Great Dad for Dummies guide, but from the Word of God, let's learn these four ways. Here's the first way to make the people in your life feel loved. One, invite your kids to be part of your adventure. Invite the people you love to be part of your adventure. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks to us and he, he tells us how to live life. And it's so fascinating to me that in the Sermon on the Mount, there's 17 times where Jesus talks about the Father. And he more or less says over and over again, the Father relates to your life. Everything you could go through in your life, God is on a great adventure. There's a great struggle between good and evil, between angels and demons. And Almighty God has invited you to be part of this struggle and to be part of this great adventure. Here's how Jesus put it in Matthew 5, verse 16. It says this, Let your light shine before other people in such a way that they'll see your good deeds and they will glorify your Father in heaven. The point is this, God is working in the world and he invites us to be part of it with him. You know, I have so much fun doing this with my son, Jack. Jack probably knows more about where I'm at emotionally on a given day, other than my wife, Mel, than anyone else in the world. Because every night when Jack and I lay down at bedtime, we talk about our days and how things are going. And you know what? There's times as a pastor where Jack says, what's going on with you, Dad? What's going on in your life? And I say, you know what, buddy? Pray for me, because tomorrow I've got a really important message to give, and I'm just kind of depleted, or I'm tired. And, and I let Jack know, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm doing in the world. Here's what I'm giving my life to, and I invite him to be part of it with me. I wonder, have you invited your kids to be part of the adventure in your life? If you take work trips, have, have you ever thought, is there any way I could take a, one of my kids with me on one of my work trips? Where you have a hobby, do you invite your kids to be part of it with you? Where you have a calling, do you invite your kids to, to go and experience what God is doing in this world? We don't let our light shine as an obligation, but as an opportunity. We get to be part of what God is doing in this world, and it's so personal, you know, this idea when Jesus in this um, passage, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5 and 6, when he starts talking about God as our Father over and over again, it's a, an idea that's familiar to us 2,000 years after Jesus, but to, to his original audience, this was revolutionary. They did not think of God as their Father. They thought of God as their Creator. But he wasn't someone who you could sit in his lap or hold his hand. Jesus was really breaking the paradigm here as he's telling these people who come from a culture where your father has everything to do with your identity and your inheritance and your social standing. And Jesus starts to say, your identity is found in your creator. Your social standing is found in your creator. 
your security, your inheritance are found in your creator. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, you're a child of God in two ways. First, that God created you, but secondly, you become adopted into the eternal family of God when you place your faith in Jesus. Here's how Romans chapter 8 puts it. It says this, the Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. We have an inheritance. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings. So no matter where you are in life today, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, you need to know on this Father's Day, you are a child of God. And that's not just some corny thing that Christians say. It is a reality about your identity and it will last for all of eternity, and you have an inheritance that is a co-inheritance with Jesus. This is who you are. It's through Christ that we can now approach God the Father as Abba or Papa. God invited us into his story, into his journey, into his adventure. You know, my oldest brother, Mark, he has three boys, and anytime I visit him, uh, it's such a blast because when he puts them to bed at night, he tells them these adventure stories. I don't know if maybe you had a dad or a grandpa who did this. That, and, and it's so fun to listen because his boys will get so into the stories and maybe they're going fishing or maybe they're fighting off a bear or it could be any kind of scenario, but it's always a great adventure. And these, these boys, they love going on these imaginary adventures with their dad. You know, if you have a strong dad with you, then anything is exciting and everything is safe as long as dad is there. And I love that about good dads and it gives us such a picture of our heavenly father that we can walk through this world knowing that no matter what we face, anything is exciting and everything is safe as long as dad is there. Anything's exciting, everything's safe as long as dad is there. First John 3 puts it this way, how great is the love that the father has lavished on us, that we who were far from God until we placed our faith in Christ, that we should now be called the children of God. And that is what we are. That's what we are. Dear friends, now we are the children of God. Child of God, do you realize what this means for you today? when you feel like you're not good enough or when you feel like you don't belong or when you feel like you can't overcome something that's in your life, son or daughter of God, if life tells you your best isn't enough, that's okay because your survival no longer depends on you. You don't have to be the one looking out for you and meeting all your needs. You've got a father who does that. One writer put it this way. He said, as believers, our self-worth is based on the fact that God loves us and God calls us his children. We are now his children, not just sometime in the distant future, but today. So I want to encourage you, don't settle for the lie that this world is your home. Don't settle for the lie of scarcity that you'll never have enough. Don't settle for the lie that life is boring or God is boring. Every choice, every day, we get to choose to be part of the adventure of what God is doing in the world and to experience his provision for us. Application here for fathers and, and mothers and parents as we help our children experience love 
have we invited them into the adventure of our life? And if we're honest, is our life part of the adventure of what God is doing in this world? Deuteronomy 1.18 says, when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, in all these moments, teach your children about God. Let them see how to pray when there's not enough in the checking account. Let them see what to do when a neighbor is hostile or angry, when a coworker is difficult. Let them see what to do when life is hard. Parents, I want to encourage you, allow your children to see the difficult things in your life, and in it, allow them to see God's faithfulness. Point them to God, not to your emotions, but to God. Let them see what's going on, and then let them see God is faithful. Well, there's a next way to make the kids or the people in your life feel loved, and it's this, care to hear from them. Or you could say want to hear from them. Be curious about what's going on in their heart and in their life. Seek them out. I read a funny joke about a dad who didn't want to hear from his kid. This was in Reader's Digest. One night, a father sent his son upstairs to bed. Five minutes later, the boy screamed, Dad, can you get me a glass of water? Now, when I read that, I completely related to it because I don't know if any of you, if it's this way, but in our house, bedtime is one of the worst times as a parent. Bedtime is just one of the worst times. It seems like at bedtime, all of a sudden, they need a snack, they need to go to the bathroom, all these things that they could have been doing all day long, now that it's bedtime, they need to do, and it just drags on and on and on. So I imagine in this story, this dad, he's finally got his son in bed, and you know, dads, you're not a bad dad if you feel like this many nights. I'm like, kids, I love you, but it's time to go to bed. I'm tired of hearing from you, okay? So this boy, he shouts, Dad, can you get me a glass of water? The dad says, no, you had your chance. Be quiet and go to sleep. A minute later, the boy screams again, Dad, can you please get me a glass of water? No, you had your chance. Next time you ask, I'll come up there and spank you. Well, a minute later, the boy yelled this, Dad, when you come up to spank me, can you bring me a glass of water? Well, I just love that. And I love this reality that as parents, there's times where we're just too tired and too fatigued to hear another word from our kids. And that's normal and that's totally okay. And what this idea is about, it's not saying that every moment of the day you have the energy to hear them. It's about being intentional and having times. I mentioned earlier that when I lay down at night with my son Jack, that's our time where I really ask him about what's going on in his life. That's our time where we connect. And there's a lot of times where I'm away working or doing other things, but he knows every night he's going to have that time. And that when that time comes, I care to hear from him. You can apply this to the people you love in your life, but did you know that your father feels this way about you? Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. It says this, when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. In other words, you can connect with God at times where you're not comfortable connecting with anyone else. He wants to meet with you in secret places. He wants to know your deepest inner thoughts and your deepest inner needs. The things you're most unsure of, the things you're most afraid of, he wants to hear. Romans 8 verse 15 puts it this way. For we've not received a spirit of slavery that leads to fear, 
But instead, we've received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, Father. I remember when those little Bluetooth earpieces first came out. This is probably 10 years ago. Those first, the, the early Bluetooth earpieces and my father-in-law, Brad, my wife Mel's dad, he had one of those. And I remember I'd see him and I'd see him because he was waiting for a call from his, one of his kids. And so he'd be at our house hanging out and he'd have this thing in his ear and he was just waiting. He was always ready because he loves to connect with his kids. Did you know that you've got a father like that? You've got a heavenly father like that? One commentator writes this, Abba is an informal Arabic term for father and it conveys a sense of intimacy. It's a lot like the English terms daddy or papa. This word Abba is all about tenderness and dependence. It's about a relationship that's free of anxiety or fear. Is there some way today in which you need to climb up into the lap of your Abba Father and let him know where you have a need, where you have a feeling, or where you have a fear? Jim Simbala, in his book Breakthrough Prayer, he writes this. He says, because we are God's children, we can bring our needs to God with certainty in prayer. Prayer is not just some kind of heavenly lottery, right? He's saying prayer is not just about getting stuff from God. But instead, it's all about our relationship as his kids. Nor does the Bible counsel us to pray with a, well, I hope this is going to work attitude. Instead, prayer brings us before the throne of grace as children seeking the help of their heavenly father. I want to encourage you. Call out to your father today on this Father's Day and where you've got kids or loved ones in your life, be a person who seeks them out and says, I want to hear from you. Well, there's a third way that we can express love to the people around us and make them feel loved and it's to provide for their needs. Provide for the needs. Now, for the kids who are taking very careful notes and who plan to use all this against us later, I just want to point out that this does not say provide for all of their wants, okay? This does not say provide for all their wants. It says provide for all their needs. Look at this in Matthew 5, verse 45. It says, so that you may be the sons of your Father who's in heaven, for he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain to the righteous and the unrighteous. In other words, in a global sense, Everything we have is provided by our Father, even to the people who deny his existence or the people who hate him and turn from him, he still meets their basic needs. Verse 8 says this specifically for those of us who've been adopted into the family of God through our faith in Christ. So do not be like the pagans or the people who don't believe in God. They've not been adopted into God's family. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. In other words, as a follower of Christ, you can go through life having this promise that everything you need, God knew you needed it before you did. He knew you'd be going through that cancer treatment and that you'd need peace before you even knew about it. He knew about that financial situation where you're wondering where's the money going to come from. He knew about that situation before you even knew about it. He knows about these things. He longs to provide. And in this passage, if you study it in depth, he's teaching us he will provide for us, but don't just look to him as a provider. Don't just look to him in a transactional sense of, okay, dad, 
right? I've heard from my kids, or my friends whose kids are a little bit older, I've heard that the kids reach a certain point where pretty much any time they approach you, you know it's that they want money. And I'm sure some of you are relating to that right now. Did you know that with God, he's, you know, he still loves us when we, when we only come to him because we need something, but he wants something so much more. He wants a full-on relationship. But when our needs are met by him, we experience his love for us. James 1, verse 17 puts it this way. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Maybe you need this reminder today that every good thing that's ever happened in your life, all of it has come from your Heavenly Father. None of it has been by accident. Every good gift in your life comes down from the Father of lights, and he remains good. He's unchanging. That paycheck, it isn't just from working hard. It's from your dad. That hug or that warm relationship, that pleasure that you have in life, that physical health, it's not just from taking care of yourself and working hard. It's from your dad. It's from your Father in heaven. If you're here and you're thinking, this is all great, but this is just painful because my biological dad is so absent or was so abusive or, or I've never even known my dad, I want to share with you a passage of scripture from Psalm 68. It says this, that God, your God, is a father to the fatherless and he's a judge for the widows. God, he's in his holy habitation. He takes care of the fatherless. God makes a home for the lonely. He leads out the prisoners into prosperity. I know as my wife and I, when we began the adoption process for our daughter, who we adopted from Haiti, this verse so often when I couldn't be there with her, I just prayed, God, would you be a father to her until I'm able to get her home in our house? And if you're feeling today on this Father's Day like you're fatherless, I want to encourage you, you've got this Father in heaven. Dads, we get to emulate God the Father by knowing the needs of our children and by meeting those needs. Of course, our greatest need and the greatest need of our kids and grandkids is the spiritual need. God the Father invites us to be part of his adventure. He always meets our needs. I remember reading this story about a great boxer named James Braddock. James Braddock lived during the Great Depression. And to me, the most fascinating part of his story wasn't just the way that he fought through poverty and literally fought in these boxing matches to earn money for his family. But it was this detail of the story that there were some days when James Braddock would be scheduled in a headlining fight and he needed all the energy he could have, but there wasn't enough food during the Great Depression. And instead of eating, he would give his portion of food to the kids to eat even though he was about to go into a boxing ring and have potentially a lethal boxing match to fight for his family. Just such a picture of a dad saying, I'll sacrifice to meet the needs. And do you know that your heavenly father loves you that way? That's what he did when he sent Christ into this world to save us. And that's the fourth thing that we can do to make the people around us feel loved. Not only do we meet their needs, but we initiate relationship just like we reach out to them to say what's going on in your heart what's going on in your life we initiate relationship one of my friends the way he does this is when he puts his kids to bed at night he'll always put his hand on their chest and he'll say how's your heart how's your heart he initiates relationship and he reveals 
his heart. Did you know that your kids actually want to know what's going on in your heart? That's one of the things, especially in the Midwest. There's dads who love their kids so much and they never open up their heart to their kids. If you really want your kids to feel loved, you could maybe be a little more like your heavenly father, not only meeting their needs, but also opening your heart and being vulnerable and initiating relationship with them. You know, it was God the Father who sent Jesus to rescue us. Galatians 1 verse 4 says this, Christ gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will or desire of God the Father. Within the Trinity, God the Father sent the Son so that whoever believes in him will not perish. Did you know it was from the heart of the Father that you've been saved? He initiated relationship with you. He reached out to you. You know, there's a, a difference between being stuck with someone and having a relationship with someone. And the difference is choice, right? Probably all of us in here, we've either had coworkers or a neighbor who happens to live next door or maybe even an in-law where you have to have a relationship with them, but it's not something you would have chosen, right? We've got those relationships we're stuck with, and then we've got those relationships we initiate. A warm relationship where you want to be on a date with that person or you want to go to a movie with that person or you want to spend time with that person. Dads, do you choose to have a relationship with your kids as a spiritual leader and example to them? And all of us, do we know that our Father in heaven has chosen and reached out to have a relationship with us? You know, I remember growing up hearing my friends say this little phrase, my dad can beat up your dad. And my dad was pretty strong, so I, I usually felt like I could come back and say, no, I, I think my dad could beat up your dad. But the point is that there's a safety in our lives when we know we live in a world where our dad is looking out for us, meeting our needs, and is capable and is strong. And this Father's Day, I just want to send you out knowing that you have that kind of father. And I want to inspire all of us who have loved ones, whether you're a dad, a mom, maybe you're in college and you're just thinking about your friends who you want to show the love of God to them as we receive God's love for us and as we absorb it into our identity and our purpose and our security, we're then able to turn and give love in these ways to others. Could I pray that for you right now? Father, Lord, I pray across this room and for anyone watching online that today, Lord, would you break through in our minds and enable us to understand and experience that you are a good father, that you love us in these ways that we've learned about. And Lord, I just pray for everyone. I, I know in my life, God, it's a journey. In every season of life, there's more of your love to be absorbed. There's parts of my identity that still need to absorb. I'm a child of the king. I have an eternal inheritance. I'm a son of the richest person in world history. And Lord, there's, there's so much where I just still need to absorb into my identity who you are. And I pray for all of us, God, would we more and more, our identity, be sons and daughters of the king? Would we treat each other with that honor and that dignity? And Lord, as we absorb that love for us, we just pray, Lord, for the specific areas in our lives where we need, we need you to be a good father to us. 
Would you break through strongholds? Would you, would you show up in the blind spots of our lives? And would you just reveal to us that everything we need is found in you? And Lord, for, for all of us, you've entrusted relationships to us. It may be sons or daughters, grandsons or granddaughters. It may be just loved ones and friends or siblings. We all want to show your love as we absorb it. We want to show it to the people around us. So will you help us, Lord? to apply what you've taught to us today so that the people in our lives feel loved. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.